What's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. Appreciate everybody checking out the show, as always. I um, apologize about the lack of an earlier show this week. I know it's been a couple weeks in a row. going to tweak some things on my end as far as uh, when we were recording the show's uh, work schedule was getting in the way a little bit. So I'll make some adjustments on that. We'll make sure that that early recap show continues to come out. Uh, just going to probably have to record it in a couple different uh, couple different segments, couple different takes to make sure it gets out on time. So apologies there. Uh, I won't spend too much time recapping any of the previous week's games just since this is coming out later in the week already. Uh, but we'll hit on some of the high points a little bit later on in the show. But as always, if you haven't already, please, uh, any support for the show continues to be greatly appreciated. If you can, uh, please rate five stars. Uh, if you can leave a review for the podcast, uh, if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all major podcast providers. If you have any friends or family that you think would be uh, interested in uh, consuming the podcast or listening to the content that we're putting out would greatly appreciate any recommendations that you have there Uh, you can follow us on all the social media accounts so on twitter we're at dynasty drive on instagram at the dynasty drive Uh, you can like the show on facebook Um, continue to send any dms um, use the voicemail line to send in any questions that you have we'll continue to do some mailbag stuff later on this season here Uh, but yeah Keep uh, keep interacting with the show any way that you can, and gonna kind of have a little bit of a, I guess, free flowing type episode today. Gonna cover a couple different things. Uh, what I want to get into first and foremost is kind of where we're at with all this uh, kind of COVID craziness that's going on right now, and everybody knew that this season was not going to be, you know, the norm uh, in terms of of anything. Um, in real life terms or in sports terms or just in the actual NFL. And of course that translates down to fantasy football. Uh, We knew that there would be weeks and players. uh, We knew there would be weeks where stuff like this would pop up and we knew that there would be players that would test positive. And a lot of people that uh, are commissioners of leagues, most of us, you know, tackled these things earlier on in the off season when it became evident that uh, football was going to get played uh, or prepping for you know when everybody was hoping that football would get played and I know a lot of people made adjustments in terms of whether it was uh, adding additional injured reserve spots uh, or whether it was adding additional bench spots a lot of people you know planned ahead for that and you know myself included and most people that I know that run leagues made some sort of adjustments or kind of contingency plans to account for the unknown or to expect the unexpected What's interesting to me, though, is that um, this past week, as uh, everything that's gone on with the Titans and the outbreak that they've had and games getting postponed and moved around and uh, Cam Newton testing positive for COVID-19 and uh, just recently before uh, starting to record the podcast tonight, I'm recording uh, Thursday night, uh, right before Thursday night football kicks off, um, news came out that... uh, the Bills Titans game would get postponed and is now looking like it's going to be played on Tuesday night, uh, which is kind of crazy. But uh, it it's interesting to plan for, and I've seen some feedback on Twitter, and you kind of get both ends of the both ends of the spectrum here. I've seen some people just adamant about you know why would you 
come up with any sort of, you know, alternate options now, or, you know, we knew it was going to be like this. You should have planned for it. Uh, And I got to be honest, I think that's a little, it's a little strict, I guess, for my taste. Um, The way that I've kind of viewed it in leagues that I am commissioner of, and it seems has been the case in a lot of other leagues is, uh, and in my main home dynasty league that I run, we made the decision to add one additional injured reserve spot in the off season uh, to account for players potentially getting put on IR due to COVID or getting put on the COVID list. Uh, but as you know, tests started coming up positive in these past couple weeks here, kind of took the pulse of everybody and didn't think that, uh, you know, and dynasty formats, we didn't think it was necessary and I don't think it was necessary to add additional bench spots just since, you know, rosters are deep waiver wires thin to begin with. Um, you probably have, you know, a playable option, even if it might not be an ideal option, but what I did decide to do and what I've had done in other leagues as well is allow players to have an alternate option to swap in as like a late swap. And I've seen people just kind of react negatively towards it, which is a little strange to me. And and I guess if you're playing in like a super high stakes league or a super big money league or something like that, sure, I guess, you know, I could maybe see the argument, but I just think at the root of what we're doing is having fun, right? So at the root of this hobby or career for some people, you know, is something that you started doing this because it was fun, right? It's fun to play fantasy football. It's fun to watch football. So I think taking the fun out and being like, well, you know, take your medicine, you know, COVID happened. You should have prepared for it. The world's a mess right now. It just kind of seems a little off to me. Um, so it, you can, everybody could do what they want, but I think a fair option in whether really, whether it's dynasty redraft keeper, whatever um, is to kind of allow people and it's more work for the, People commission the league, so if they're willing to do it, more power to them. But allow people, I've mentioned to people in our league, you know, make your decisions prior to kickoff, put a backup option in. If the Bills Titans game goes off on Tuesday and uh, you want one of those players in, just make sure to let me know before kickoffs this weekend and I'll swap it back. It's a little extra work, but there's no sense, I think, you know putting your preferred option in and the game doesn't go off and you have to take a zero or putting in a less desirable option and then the game does go off and you miss out on the guy that you really wanted to play. I I don't know. The most fair way in this kind of crazy landscape just across the world right now of what we're living through is let's not make it less fun than it needs to be. Like, let's still try and have a good time with it. Right. So that's just my two cents on where it's at. Hopefully, uh, things can get on track here this titans thing is a mess Uh, i know there's a bunch of hilarious memes floating around on twitter right now about just blaming everything on the tennessee titans and (laughs) it's funny stuff for sure um but yeah it's it's odd hopefully the league can get things back on track here the first couple weeks were starting out very very promising uh now we've got some you know positive tests popping up across the league most notably with the you know full-blown kind of outbreak on the titans so hopefully uh it seems like they're certain to face some sort of punishment for their uh their transgressions over there but hopefully this is uh not the the future of the league for the whole season and everything can kind of get back on track from there 
but that's just, like I said, my two cents about kind of adapting to the COVID landscape in terms of playing fantasy football. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break here. And then what we're going to do is uh, in the next segment, I want to kind of check in on some of the players that I labeled as players I thought were going to break out or take that next step uh, this year in the fantasy uh, fantasy landscape. So going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and check in on some of the guys that I listed as potential breakouts back in the summer. All right, we're back. And like I said uh, before the break, I want to kind of revisit some of the uh, I want to revisit the five guys that on the show we did over the summer with Joey C. Graves, uh, where we talked about players that were potentially going to break out. I want to touch on the five guys that I discussed in that show uh, that I liked, that liked the opportunity to break out this year and kind of check in with where they're at, see how that might be looking, what might be looking a little bit different. Um, so we got a couple running backs, a couple receivers, a tight end. So we'll start with the tight end. The tight end that I like to break out, that a lot of people like to break out, was New York Jets tight end Chris Herndon. And I said then it was you know not just a biased Homer you know fanboy pick as I am a Jets fan, but Chris Herndon in his rookie season, not last year, the year prior, um, showed a ton of connection, a ton of rapport, chemistry with Sam Darnold. Uh, showed a lot of plus athleticism he had a very very promising rookie season for a tight end which we know is honestly sometimes kind of the outlier the the eye-popping stats typically aren't there for these tight ends in the rookie year but it looked very very promising Uh, fast forward a year later pretty much a lost season misses some games due to suspension uh comes comes off the suspension gets hurt plays you know honestly a few snaps i think he had one catch on the year if i remember correctly but just a a waste of a year now everything this offseason when training camps did kick off and we started getting some uh, reports from the beat writers everything sounded like you know Chris Herndon was going to be a big-time focus in this offense, uh, a big-time focal point, especially with the lack of uh, established weapons at wide receiver, Um, and even more so with Denzel Mims still not getting an opportunity to be on the field yet, um, with Jamison Crowder really being the only um, established wide receiver option at the time. They signed Brashad Perriman in the offseason, who also has done nothing. Uh, but it seemed like everything was going to line up for Herndon to get targets really funneled through him. I, I really thought that uh, the majority of targets in this offense were going to go to Jameson Crowder and Chris Herndon. Um, and it looked like I, I thought it would be a very safe bet, honestly. Now, what's happened is the exact opposite. <laughs> and I don't think it's really any fault of Chris Herndon. Um Unfortunately for him, I think he's going to be one of these players, like so many players around the league, that once he is free from the clutches of Adam Gase, we will get back to seeing the player that we saw in his rookie season. Almost inexplicably, they don't they don't get him involved in the first half of games at all. Pretty much everything that 
stems bad from this offense right now i can dial back to bad coaching um they don't get him involved early by the time they try and get him involved is when they're trying to save face and have any sort of passing game and it's too late uh he does kind of look you know at that point in the game it's like too little too late almost checked out um i don't know why they don't get him involved more i understand you know having him stay back and block and trying to you know protect the quarterback but when an offense is as weapons deficient as the new york jets is this is one of your plus weapons i mean he deserves to absolutely be um, more involved than he is it's criminal honestly um now as bad as it is and as non-involved as he's been to this point i'm not if i can i'm not dropping him i'm still holding him in a couple places for the reasons that i said a little while ago I, th- I do think that he's still a very talented young player that it could be exciting again when, and not if Adam Gase is gone, when Adam Gase is gone. It's incredible that he wasn't the first coach fired, that Houston fired Bill O'Brien before the Jets can smarten up and fire Adam Gase. But Gase will not be around next year. Hopefully, whichever coach comes in can uh, get, get uh, Herndon more involved than he is right now. Um, whether you know the quarterback is Sam Darnold or not is a different discussion for a different show. Um, but I don't know. I'm not dropping Herndon. The the upside is there. We saw it once before. I don't think he's all of a sudden become a bad player. Uh, it's just unfortunate the situation that revolves around that team right now. So uh, that's I guess my my piece on Herndon. Hold him if you can. I understand if you have to move on from him, but uh, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't trade him because you're selling so so low i don't even know what you'd get for him Uh, maybe somebody pays up for him the person trading for him though is going to try and buy him for nothing you know that's what i would be doing honestly if i could get him for absolutely nothing i would try and acquire him if i had a bench spot uh to free that was free but yeah i'm I'm holding him if i can next guy that i want to um focus on a little bit is david montgomery so he was a running back that i loved when he was coming out of iowa state um, for a lot of reasons mainly that i loved the kind of contact balance that he showed he did remind me a lot of kareem hunt in that regard um he's off to a decent start what's interesting to me is right now um and again the bears are playing right now they haven't been on offense as i'm recording this yet but uh, we'll see what tonight's game holds for him but um as of right now he's on pace for less rushing attempts than he had last year so last year he had 242 rushing attempts Uh, i believe right now he's on pace for in the low 200s i want to say like 212 213 when i looked it up a little bit earlier Uh, he is averaging just over four yards per carry no rushing touchdowns yet Um, he does have one receiving touchdown however and has nine catches for 94 yards after 25 catches for 185 last year so the yards per reception is up a little bit uh does have you know pretty much half what he had in a full season last year uh, in terms of receiving yardage output. So that's encouraging. Hopefully the receiving work continues to come for him. But he's he's looked good. He's had some plays where he's looked good. I would like to see the yards per carry a little bit higher than the 4.1 that it's at now. Uh, Obviously it's early and it's tough to say, you know, it was a full-blown breakout, but I would hope that as the year goes on, he does end up closer to that, you know, 240, 250 carry number. Because if that's the case uh, and the receiving work kind of keeps the pace that it's at right now, this quarter of the way through the season, uh, he's somebody that I do still feel good about. Somebody that 
you know, he hasn't put up crazy eye popping numbers like that or anything like that. I mean, uh, so if you, you still can potentially acquire him maybe without overpaying like crazy. Uh, so he's somebody that I, I'm still interested in trying to acquire if the owner that has him, um, you know, has assessed where they're at in this point of the year and maybe is looking to move on from him. Um, he's looked good in the opportunities you've had. I hope the rushing attempts continue to go up, but somebody that uh, I, I am still fairly excited about. Now, the other running back that I did mention on the breakout show was Devin Singletary. And Devin Singletary has looked good, but the past couple weeks, um, you know, Zach Moss has been out. So it's been Devin Singletary's backfield. And that was really my only complaint or only, you know, qualm with the Bills backfield all offseason and through the summer was that, you know, I thought both Moss and Singletary would be valuable, but that they would both kind of eat into each other's value a bit. And combined with, you know, how Josh Allen's, you know, uh, rushing attempts kind of eat into that as well. But without Moss there, Singletary has looked good. Um, He's not somebody that it's tough because when Moss does come back, I think he's still going to be involved. And I do think it'll still end up being what we said, you know, close to a 50-50 split. And, you know, the goal line touches can go either way. He's looked good, though, as they kind of commit to giving him the backfield while Moss has been out the last couple of weeks. So, again, it's tough to say. I don't want to say like, oh, yeah, he's he's hit the breakout mark because I think some of it has to do with uh, Moss being unavailable the last couple of weeks. Um, is somebody that you know, I'm, I'm not 100 percent married to the idea of either keeping, you know, like I don't think he's a must sell like, oh, but if you could sell him high enough. Uh, now might be a time to maybe entertain some offers, you know, as he's coming off these few weeks of being the main lead guy there without Zach Moss eating into anything. Uh, but I'm not in a rush to move him. If I could get, you know, an offer where somebody's willing to overpay a little bit, which isn't out of the realm of possibility with, you know, the injuries across the league, especially at the running back position. Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of on his way. Uh, not super, super, you know, eye popping again or nothing really crazy elite. Um, but he's looked okay. Now the two receivers that we did talk about this, it gets a little murkier. Marquise Brown, uh, was the first one and Michael Gallup, who we'll save Gallup for last Hollywood Brown is still kind of frustrating. Um, but it's, I don't think it's all his fault. Like he, he looks good in opportunities and you know, with Hollywood that you're going to get weeks where, you know, you're going to have blow up weeks. You're going to have down weeks. I mean, that's the kind of player sort of that he is. Um, he does remind me, and I know it's like an easy comparison to make just because of the player type and everything, but he does remind me of like a young, uh, Deshaun Jackson, just in the sense of like, he may blow up, uh, and have, you know, huge games and he may disappear for a little stretch. Um, he's averaging 15 yards per catch. He's got, um, let's see, he's got 16 catches for 242 yards so far. Um, you know, nothing crazy again, and no receiving touchdowns is, is the thing. He had seven receiving touchdowns last year, uh, 46 catches for 584 yards. But I don't think this is necessarily an indictment on Marquise Brown. The Ravens offense, not that it's been bad, but it hasn't been, you know, as hyper efficient as it was last year yet. 
I think that's still coming. I think they're still working through some stuff as a whole on the offense. There was bound to be some regression from, you know, the the MVP year that Lamar had last year, but it is still early. Um, I think that Hollywood is going to find his footing a little bit and gain some consistency as the year goes on. But you're going to have those games where, you know, I don't want to say he gives you a goose egg, but you know, low, low output or low, low receiving output. Uh, but you might get those weeks where, you know, he's going to go off for 130 and two or something like that. Um, so they're working through some stuff there. Like I said, I think he's ultimately going to find some more consistency as the year progresses. But the last guy that we mentioned uh, just a couple moments ago is Michael Gallup and Michael Gallup he had the one huge blow up game um but you know it's been a little disappointing in terms of fantasy output uh Amari Cooper has been the guy you know more consistent than really he's ever been for the Dallas Cowboys yet and CD Lamb has looked fantastic as a rookie and uh not to take anything away from CD Lamb cuz he looks great and he's somebody I was super super excited about uh all through the pre-draft process and uh especially when he landed on the Dallas Cowboys, I thought he was, you know, that's a great fit for fantasy, but he's getting some of the easier to rely on targets right now, working a lot out of the slot, um, being able to kind of get some of that. I, I don't even want to say like easier production. Cause it feels like a, feels like a jab at him or like, we're like, we're writing him off a little bit and that's not the case at all. Uh, but Michael Gallup, he looks great. I mean, in the one big game that he had, you're like, all right, that's that's what I thought I was getting. Uh, but Amari Cooper is getting so many targets, and CeeDee Lamb has been so involved from so early on, and Dalton Schultz is now taking over what you know the Blake Jarwin breakout was supposed to be. Um, so with all that being said, and even though Gallup hasn't done much to this point, I'm interested still in trying to acquire Michael Gallup. And here's why, because he might even be a little bit cheaper now. I thought he was somebody that you could acquire potentially at a discount in the offseason after CeeDee Lamb got drafted um, because because the Gallup owner or could have been potentially panicking a little bit uh, about CeeDee Lamb. And I think now that might even be more so the case now that we've seen CeeDee Lamb come in and be the guy. And I'm if I'm going out and acquiring Michael Gallup on my Dynasty roster now, it's not even so much about the fit currently. It's that we know Amari Cooper is the guy in Dallas, and we know CeeDee Lamb looks like a big-time player. So I really find it hard to believe that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be able to retain Michael Gallup. It still would not shock me if they entertain the idea of trading him, uh, whether it's at the trade deadline this year or in the offseason, uh, to a receiver-needy team. Um, I just can't see them committing big money in him long term, and he is going to get big money on the open market. He's a proven NFL receiver. Uh, somebody will give him big time dollars. So if I can get him cheap enough, I'm still trading for him because whether it's Dallas and it all works out and they all continue to get their targets, if not, I still think he's going to end up on a team that is going to invest enough in him where he's going to be the guy. Like if somebody goes out and trades for him and then hands him a big money contract extension, he's going to be their guy. Like either their number one or a very highly sought after number two at worst. So if the current uh, league manager that's rostering Michael Gallup 
is panicked over CD lamb and, you know, he's frustrated about, um, he or she is frustrated about when the, to find the playable weeks and is just kind of ugh, sick of the situation. I might be trying to capitalize on that and buy low. Um, like I'm not going to overpay for him right now as much as I like the player, but I don't really think you have to, I don't, unless it's somebody that, you know, also just loves the future for him and is willing to ride this out. Uh, but definitely somebody that I'm interested in trying to acquire and keep on as many dynasty rosters as I can right now. All right. That is the five guys that I touched on on the breakout show. going to take another quick break. And then I've got one more segment where we're going to wrap things up. Just kind of thought process as a whole, as you evaluate your rosters uh, in dynasty, pretty much a quarter of the way through the season. Be right back. All right. We're back with the last third and final kind of segment here where I want to wrap up the show. And that's kind of just my thoughts on how to assess where you're at and some things that I like to do at this point of the season. Uh, a quarter of the way into the season, you can kind of, in you know any fantasy format, but Dynasty especially, and you know, you know coming into the season, whether you're really trying to potentially compete for a championship or if you're still kind of in that re- uh, rebuild stage, well, if you're a quarter of the way in and you're, you know, 0-4, 1-3, I mean, chances are you either knew you were rebuilding or, you know, things have really taken a turn and you're uh, you're in the unforeseen rebuild stage where, you know, maybe uh, you banked on some players that you thought were going to be more productive, but, you know, you, you ended up one and three or oh and four, whatever the case might be. A quarter of the way in four games in five games in is really where I like to kind of assess where my team's at and start potentially making some moves for a couple reasons. So if you're rebuilding, uh, I think now is kind of the start of the, or right around the best time to acquire more rookie draft capital. You can acquire some rookie draft picks right now for what much cheaper uh, than what they potentially get as, you know, the rookie draft season approaches and we all kind of get rookie fever a little bit and everybody's now desperately scrambling to try and acquire more draft capital. If you know that you're rebuilding or if you've made the decision at this point and Hey, my team's underperformed. Um, and you know, it's probably time to take a look at a rebuild. Well, you can definitely acquire some capital because if you have players that you're willing to sell and they don't need to even be superstars, uh, if you've got veterans that you're willing to sell, Teams that are competing are or looking to contend right now are willing to flip some draft capital for players that they think can either help them win games on a weekly basis and uh, push them for that championship if it's a big name player or cultivate some more depth on that roster to prepare for a stretch run and get ready to try and kind of go after that championship as well. So both sides of that coin are appealing to me where if I'm rebuilding, of course, I'm starting to let let the other players know, um, hey, you know, we've got players available. Try and start cultivating some of that rookie draft capital. I want as much of it as possible as early as possible, you know, through the year. That way, by the time the rookie draft season does approach, you've already got, you know, enough to maybe not necessarily control the entire draft, but 
maneuver the draft board and move up if you want to move back if you want to target players that you really like and go after them with that being said i like to be on the other side too if you are a a player that your roster is contending and you're three and one four and oh even two and two uh two and two you're not out of it you know you your team might be good maybe you've got one position underperforming sometimes the the flip side of what we just said you know acquire rookie draft capital of course you know that's that's the key to a rebuild but if you're a team that's contending or two and two and right on the cusp of contending sometimes we get so enamored with that you know first round rookie draft pick or even you know a second rounder could be this could be that it could be a lot of things but sometimes you know a bird in the hand is better than a bird in the bush, right? So sometimes don't be afraid to flip that first rounder or flip that second rounder for an established veteran or, you know, uh, a rookie, not, a, I'm sorry, not a rookie, uh, an established veteran or an, uh, an ascending young player to kind of flesh out the back end of your roster or even improve a starting spot. Time it right where, you know, you want to, you're trying to sell players, you know, at either peak value or close to it. And, you know, still kind of keep your future afloat. Keeping your future afloat, though, doesn't mean that you can't trade your future draft picks. Because I, I'm a firm believer in I'm willing to trade those draft picks because you can always get more. It's not like if you if you trade, you know, your first rounder next year, say, say right now, you can trade a first rounder for, I don't know. Uh, James Robinson. Say James Robinson. I'm just throwing a random player out there. So say you're uh, running back deficient. The league manager in your uh, dynasty league that is currently rostering James Robinson maybe you know picked him up off the waiver wire, spent his fab in the, early in the off season or right before week one. He's got him. You want him, and he says, "I'll do. I'll trade him for a 2021 first round rookie pick." Well, if you do that and you desperately need a running back, and James Robinson, you know, at this point looks like he's worth it. He's absolutely been worth it through this year, and if he keeps performing like this, I'd have to imagine he'll either be the guy next year or still continue to be very involved. But trading that one for him doesn't mean that you can't have a one next year. It's a slow burn. Wait through the season, see how the rest of your roster shakes out, see if you win that championship, because maybe you've got a move in the offseason where you can trade a player and recoup somebody else's first-round pick. So nothing's ever set in stone is the best advice I can give. I don't get married to the idea of trying to keep my draft picks because I'm willing to trade them because I'm trying to win a championship now. If my team is close, I'm trying to win a championship now. And if it doesn't work out and I come up short at the end of the season, we'll reassess in the offseason and maybe potentially sell off some players to kind of recoup some draft capital so that you can kind of continue to infuse some of that youth on your roster and be ready to go. Those are my quick thoughts. Use this quarter quarter poll, you know, point of the season as we get ready for week five to assess where you're at. Maybe start making some moves to either prepare for that stretch run. And advice number one is go win a championship if you're or try and win a championship if your roster's close. That's what we're trying to do here. But if not, you know, one and three, I think two and two, I'm still trying to win a championship. Like I'm still scouring what kind of moves could potentially be made it does get a little dicier because if your team bottoms out and you trade a first round pick you know you could potentially be trading a very early rookie draft pick but 
you know, can't make an omelet without cracking a couple eggs. <laughs> so you got to try and find the right roster. You got to try and find the right roster and the right move for you to make where you can acquire a player that maybe analysis is great and analysts are great and we all have takes and everybody's got thoughts on players, but you got to trust your gut too. You got to listen to as much content and take as much feedback from as many sources as possible. But ultimately you got to trust what you think about a player. So you got to identify who you think that player is to go, um, kind of build out the rest of your roster and try and go for it. But if you're, you know, down Oh and four, one and three, now's the time you can easily, sell sell off some players or trade off some players people are going to be willing to trade picks right now so now's the time for you to go get them before people are desperate to hang on to them once they're in the offseason once the actual nfl draft is going on and people are enamored by the next crop of talent that is coming out and even though it's a weird year there's going to be talent next year i'm telling you there's going to be talent we talked about kylan hill last week Najee harris chua hubbard travis Etienne, jamar chase the you know, jalen waddle there's players all over the place They're like it's going to be another stacked year at the skill position so it's going to be another good year to have rookie draft capital anyway those are my thoughts on kind of assessing where your roster's at uh, appreciate the everybody taking the time to listen to the show again today. I know we hit all the stuff in the beginning, so just real quick again, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, rate, review, uh, uh, like I said, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on all the social media accounts. On Twitter, we're at Dynasty Drive. On Instagram, at the Dynasty Drive. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, I'm usually on the the Dynasty Fantasy Football subreddit as well. So if you catch any of my posts over there uh continue to send questions whether it's on reddit any of the social media accounts uh, like i said we will do some more mailbag stuff in a few weeks um, but got some other stuff we're working on as well and like i said i apologize about the lack of a recap show earlier this week but going to tweak some things uh, on the recording schedule on my side so that we can make sure that that continues to happen uh in the coming weeks as well so good luck to everybody in week five uh get through it hopefully hopefully not a big injury week hopefully no more covid positive tests but everybody get through it and uh, hopefully you're making a push to fight towards that championship thanks guys